Udhang Dhammang Sanghang Sometimes when I hear the word compassion being used in, say, for instance, in some political commentary, as it is uh, from time to time, and it strikes me as being somewhat inappropriate, and uh, in the least the way it's, it's uttered, and it sounds rather hollow or inconsequential. And of course, the, the principle of compassion, as we would all know, is profoundly important, and, and now classic teachings of the, the Buddha gave on the, the four divine abidings, the four Brahma-vihara, metta or conscious caring, and then two forms of empathy, uh, uh, karuna or compassion, uh, empathy in the context of suffering, and then mudita or empathy in the context of joy, and then equanimity, upekā. So compassion is right up there. It's a, obviously, as a principle, we appreciate that it's, it's profoundly important. However, if all we do is appreciate compassion on the level of concepts, the level of principles, as, as important as it is, that we're able to think about such things, and that's not enough. Thinking is not enough. Thinking about compassion is actually very superficial. And it's a mistake if we think that the concept of compassion is going to be transformative, it's going to be effective. We need to go deeper, we need to feel compassionate. If all we're doing is, is thinking about it, it's, we're just relating to the, like the image of compassion. Similar to, for instance, if, if you have a, the example I've given before, if you have a wound on your forehead and, and you look in the mirror and to see the wound and, and then you take some some cream, and then you apply the cream to the mirror. And that's not going to work, is it? It's going to be ineffective. That's relating to the image rather than the actuality. Again, as I was saying, it's good that we at least thinking about, in this case, suffering and compassion. If we don't think about it, we just ignore the whole subject, which that's also an option, of course. We can be completely in denial about the suffering of life and just keep distracting ourselves. That's certainly an option. So beginning by thinking and having concepts of you know, about suffering and compassion, that's it's not completely irrelevant. However, it's not enough. You need to, you need to come out of your noggin and into your heart, and into the body, and really feel how we feel about suffering as an intelligence on that level. 
that doesn't exist if we're just thinking about it. If we start to really feel the suffering of life in the body, really feel what it feels like, our own suffering or somebody else's suffering, then what happens is we're going to want to do something about it. And that's very different. That's a very different effect. Where does that different effect come from? It comes from feeling the suffering, not merely relating to it as an ideal. And this is, it might sound very obvious, so, so obvious it's not even worth saying. However, if our relationship with compassion is only a conceptual one, then there is a risk it's going to be very inconsequential, ineffective, and that's really regrettable. Whether it's compassion for ourselves or compassion for others, we're not going to be motivated to really do anything about it. So, if we do get around to actually feeling compassionate, then what we're dealing with then is not just an approximation of the, the actuality of compassion. We're, you know, we're dealing with a quality of sensitivity, and that's very different. It's very different from just thinking about it. And I would suggest that somebody who is operating on that level of compassionate awareness is going to be processing information in, a, in, in quite a different way. Perhaps it's not going to be so self-referencing. This is this is applying cream to the actual wound. This is not relating to the image of the wound. And then, if we're applying cream to the actual wound, then there's a chance that we can expect some healing. So, applied compassion is very different from the idea of compassion. It requires that we are willing to feel hurt. To be able to feel compassion means that we're willing to feel hurt, to feel the pain of life. And that also, although it might seem obvious and it's not so easy to do. And why is it not easy? It's because most of us carry around with us a big backlog of denied hurt. Now, I'm not just talking about somebody in their 40s or 50s or 60s or 70s. Even by the age of 20 already, it's very normal that we human beings accumulate a habit of denying the hurt of life. And so we have a backlog and we're disinclined to turn towards it. Even if we get the theory of this down, even if we appreciate the Buddha's teachings and the Four Noble Truths and mindfulness of suffering leads to freedom from suffering, we might get that on the level of principle and, and compassion is one of the four divine abidings. It's one of the great teachings the Buddha gave. We might get that on the level of principle. When it comes to actually feeling hurt, it can be very threatening. As I said, most of us carry around a backlog of denied hurt. And 
once we turn towards it and decide, okay, I want to get real with this, right? so that can be a real challenge. With whatever it is, and you may not be necessary some massive amount of terrible things have happened, but just you know, part of the consequence of affluence is that we grow up with all these options for distracting ourselves. So the way the society is structured these days, it conditions us with the perception that we're entitled to be happy. We're entitled to be comfortable. We're entitled to feel good. And where on earth did that come from? Well, throughout all of human history, how many human beings have really felt comfortable most of their life? How many other animals on planet Earth are comfortable? If you look at most animals are spending most of the time protecting themselves from being attacked by other animals, or trying to find food and struggling in some way. And the Buddha wasn't kidding when he pointed out that human existence is to a very large degree a struggle. That doesn't mean to say it's bad or something wrong with it. It just means we have to make a particular kind of effort. And if we don't make that kind of effort, that is the effort to be mindful, to be present, to be compassionately aware in the moment, then what happens when disagreeability arises, like disappointment or sadness or loss or sickness, we habitually distract ourselves. Even if it's not with gross distraction, like stuffing ourselves with candy or drugs, and we distract ourselves with stories, very good, and going up into our head and thinking um, ways to distract ourselves from the hurt of life. So even if we get the theory that to be compassionate we're going to need to be willing to feel hurt, uh, it's not such a straightforward thing. Require us to an uh, enormous amount of patience, enormous amount of patience to burn through or bear with that which feels unbearable. And if we haven't had the right kind of teachings, the right kind of education, then we're quite likely to view such practices as inconsequential. What's inconsequential is merely thinking about the Four Noble Truths or thinking about compassion. The effort to be patient when things feel really difficult is not inconsequential. And if we haven't reached the point of being able to meet ourselves when we're really hurting without avoiding and without indulging, just to meet ourselves, this hurts, and to be okay with ourselves even when we're hurting from disappointment or from loss or from anger or whatever it is, if we haven't reached the point of ability where we can meet ourselves with compassionate awareness when we're hurting, then, again, classic Buddhist teachings, we have all these obstructions, or traditionally called kilesas, that get in the way of our being able to grow in Dhamma. To move out of merely conceptual compassion into applied compassion requires a willingness to feel hurt, and in the process of, of accessing that willingness or developing that willingness, it's very likely that we're going to 
encounter a backlog of habitual avoidance of her. So let's not be surprised about that. Also, let's not make the mistake of thinking that compassion is some sort of wishy-washy weakness. To really own up to how hurt we've felt in life takes strength. It's not a form of weakness. It's, it's, it's much easier to just distract ourselves. If we get this and we're interested in this, how do we, how do we come back to feeling compassionate? How do we how do we get there? Actually, feeling compassion. Sometimes it means that we are required to pay attention physically to what's going on in the chest, in our heart. We can, because if we're so identified in our thinking, we can talk about the heart this and the heart that until the cows come home and that you know, we still think that we're practicing and you know, we think that we're being compassionate and we can in fact be depressed we can in fact be acting in ways that are far from compassionate even cruel so as long as we're still identified and a sense of self is derived from our thinking, the activity in our in our heads, you know, then it's just not going to work. And so sometimes what's called for us to really pay attention right in the center of our chest to feel the heart center, not just to think about our hearts, but to really feel in the center of the chest and feel what it feels like. For some people, this kind of talk is just what on earth is he going on about because it's so obvious in some cultures they're very heart-centered they're not head-centered like us it's obvious that's that's where you feel things is in your heart what is he talking about well it's not obvious to everybody some people when they try to pay attention to their hearts all they've got is a sense of numbness they say oh I can't feel anything well how did that happen do you think children were like that when children are running around smiling and happy and laughing and playing. Why is it that human beings, so many human beings, not everybody, but so many human beings get grumpy and miserable as they get older? Why? What is it? Not everybody. Some people get old and, and they're happy and they're beautiful. Why is it that so many people, as they get older, get more grumpy and miserable and sad. Well, they might say that it's a loss of their their strength and their, you know, loss of youth. And I think if they were honest and looked more closely, what they might find is that it's this accumulation of denied hurt that's making them grumpy and miserable and ugly. When we deny hurt, it builds up, it doesn't go away. Hurt is energy. Negative emotions of energy doesn't go away. It just gets stored in the belly, in the muscles, in the nervous system. And as a way of avoiding feeling the hurt, often we just close down the heart, become numb. 
will become cold or just pain for some people when they bring attention to the heart center it might feel really painful if that happens well that's where our judgment free awareness is really important no judgment if that's where we're at we meet ourselves there if it's numb we meet ourselves there if our heart is cold and frightening we meet ourselves there no judgment it's important that we can meet ourselves there in the feeling center in the heart center there's nothing wrong with thinking it's just that thinking's very limited thinking is about approximations it's the image in the mirror and putting cream on the mirror is not going to work we can use that as a way of orienting our attention then we've got to engage with the heart itself with the hurt itself with the feeling itself the disappointment itself so that's one thing we can do we can start with feeling how it feels physically in the center of the chest and being very patient with how it feels maybe we can drop in suggestions like for instance softening not commanding ourselves to relax oh, you should be more compassionate that is not very compassionate not very helpful however maybe we can find words like softening or gentling opening expanding and it's possible it's quite also quite possible we can use breathing exercises skillful breathing exercises can open up that feeling center devotional practices massage acupuncture various skills disciplines that treat the condition of being out of balance being unaware in that aspect of our being so maybe beginning potential cultivation of compassion by attending to the feeling center and then using our minds remembering a situation where we felt really hurt and if we're too afraid of that because as soon as we do that we encounter the big backlog of denied hurt well we have to deal with that however if we've got a good enough perspective on it and and we can bring to mind a thought of previous experience of where we were hurt dismissed or intensely annoyed or obstructed disappointed betrayed and with that thought feel how it feels in the heart feel how it feels in the body what is that feeling of sadness of part of us might think oh, what are we doing this if i if i pay attention to this i'm just going to get pulled into the vortex of suffering well that's because we've been avoiding it we only learn the lessons of life by examining where we're at for some you know you've got a, a toothache you don't just ignore it forever you go and see a dentist or you've got a, a pain in your elbow and it's been there for a while and it's not getting better you don't ignore it forever you can go and see a physiotherapist or somebody and tell you you've got you know tennis elbow and you should rest it and do this and do that and you can do something about it 
So we don't ignoring ignoring pain doesn't work. It's not a good idea. Indulging in it is not a good idea. So getting interested in it is a good idea. So getting interested in this experience of suffering that we have. How does it feel when we feel disappointed, dismissed? Can we just be there with that feeling? And is there also, at the same time as we're feeling that, and I'm sure there is, and maybe it takes a little bit of effort to be honest with ourselves, a heartfelt wish that we're free from this pain. If only I can be free from suffering. That's compassion. That's wishing that we be free from suffering. It may not immediately be experienced as a positive condition, because it may be tainted with craving. I really want to get rid of this. That's not compassionate awareness. So So if we're careful, skillful, gentle, patient, see if we can give rise the thought of a painful experience and then the conscious sensation experience of may I be free from suffering. Now it may not work straight away and, and what you can also do to help in this area is to think of somebody who you care about a lot. Maybe it's quite likely and quite possible that you've forgotten to care about yourself and so then you can think about somebody else you care about. Now, today's Mother's Day in, in England. So think about mother. Somebody who you care about. And imagine that person experiencing the pain that you've experienced, the pain of rejection or betrayal or disappointment or loss. And see if that triggers that feeling of may they not have this suffering. There we go, that's it. May they be free from this pain. May they be free from suffering. So we start with the thought and then locate the feeling in the body, in the chest. May they be free from suffering. And that becomes our meditation object, and we can dwell on that. Spend time dwelling on that, feeling it, expanding it in that body, in the chest. May they be free from suffering. And in that classic formula that we use, and saying with cultivating conscious caring, metta bhavana, you can then exercise moving around, looking at other people, you know, somebody who you don't necessarily know or have particularly strong positive feelings for you know, this, the postman delivering your mail and think of him and see if you can transfer that same feeling of may they be free from suffering they also experience suffering and sometimes I experiment with looking at people and imagining them with tears rolling down their face everybody has had tears rolling down their face and, and if we imagine that how does that feel not so easy to be resentful to somebody when you see them suffering. So, this by way of experiment with our own hearts, this is jitta bhavana, this is cultivating the heart of compassion. Not just thinking about feeling sorry for people. And then moving on maybe to seeing if you can experiment with holding in your heart the impression of somebody that you actually really don't like. Do you have enough perspective, enough strength? Not being in a hurry to do this, and being sensible, and like any other experiment. You're too rash, you ruin the experiment. Too tardy, we also, the experiment fails. 
being careful and interested, is it possible to accommodate in the heart of compassionate awareness an image of somebody who you would really distrust? It takes strength to do that. It takes courage to do that. And remember, we're doing this experiment not with an effort to overcome our pain, rather with an interest in can we meet ourselves in the experience of hurt as it is and learn what life has to teach us and also meeting others if we can meet ourselves in our hurt there's a better chance that we'll be able to meet others if we're trying to push past it and get over it that's still not it simply meeting ourselves in our hurt with the heart of compassionate awareness and seeing what understanding comes out of that seeing if there's not an increased clarity in our thinking if we're not denying the hurt of life there's a a good chance that we'll be thinking more clearly about life if we're feeling more accurately and thinking more clearly then there's a better chance that we'll be able to act more effectively Thank you very much for seeing your attention.